Can Dante Moore and company get back on track against Wazoo? And Mick Cronin gives his keys to UCLA's success this season in 23 through 24. All that and more on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this show your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, any audio platform, and also on YouTube. If you like watching or doing both, thanks for your support. Like, comment, subscribe, review. If you're an everydayer, you would have learned that, hey, we talked on the most recent Locked On UCLA episode. This is kind of their biggest test for the UCLA defense this year as they prepare to take on Wazoo, Cam Ward, and an underrated squad in the Cougars, which the two teams brought forth an excellent game back in 2019. And we'll talk more about that later in this pod. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Where we get started today is actually on the hardwood as UCLA men's basketball coach Mick Cronin joined John Rothstein on a big podcast. And he gave some insight as to the team this year, what he expects, some keys. And what does UCLA need to do? Who are some players that have some key skills that UCLA will utilize this year with this team that's very young, a lot of newcomers, a lot of turnover from a team last year that was very much in national championship contention prior to two devastating season-ending injuries to Clark and Adembona at the end in the regular season or in the Pac-12 tournament. UCLA is going to have to lean on some of these newcomers. Lazar Stefanovic in from the portal. A lot of freshmen coming in. You have eight newcomers, seven freshmen, four from overseas. With new guys, even from last year's team, or guys from last year's team, returners like Andrews and company, who's going to have to step up to an even bigger role. Mick Cronin listed a couple of guys, like Adem Bona. He needs to be the best player and blossom even more. When he was talking to John Rossi about he needs to be one of the best players in the country for us to be really good. You also can hear him say, and what we've probably echoed this sentiment throughout the summer, Dylan Andrews is primed to take now a much bigger role, the Tiger Campbell, Campbell role. I'm not sure that's going to result in him playing 38 to 40 minutes every game, but he is expected to take an even more bigger chunk of the pie as he comes into this season and he's got to be ready, conditioned to do that. Mick Cronin quoted saying, he's got to show why he recruited him to UCLA. And Rick Cronin went on this little tangent about how in UCLA history, the last 20, 30, maybe 40 years in his mind, and I kind of agree with him, you've seen this succession plan between UCLA guards that, oh, we've seen Farmer, but then there's Darren Collison, and then there's Russell Westbrook, and then you've got, oh, eventually a Campbell. You've got guards who come in, and they're NBA level. You've got talent with Andrews, but he's going to bring a unique, different style than what Tiger Campbell brought. It's up to Andrews to be up to the task as a young point guard. He didn't play too many minutes throughout the season consistently, more than Will McClendon did, but he is a key cog to UCLA running the offense for what is expected to be a too-big system 
you heard, I heard Mick Cronin say, and he said this again, you're going to see a lot of UCLA two big basketball, a lot of two bigs. We're going to run through the bigs. Even Darren Savino, who is at the coaching clinic in SoCal, where I think Ben Bolcher's reporting, saying you're going to see a lot of two big lineups from UCLA. And that doesn't necessarily mean a Diamara and a Dembona together. It might be Barricade, William Tungel. It might even be, much to my surprise, what Mick Cronin mentioned, Brandon Williams, the 17-year-old currently, uh, the youngest, the youngest member of the UCLA roster, as Mick Cronin always points out, he's not even a technical adult yet by being an 18-year-old heading into his freshman year. He is a freshman collegiate player that is not even 18. Brandon Williams might get some playing time as a versatile forward alongside Barricade back and forth. And the other thing is UCLA, Mick Cronin says this, we've got potentially, he said this before, I think before the foreign trip, Potentially three NBA first rounders, three NBA level like talent right now. Berke, Bling to Gel, a Dembona, and a Daimara, both of which he raved about, in which he talked about how Berke is needing to be a big key spot, big key weapon for us, considering he is only a freshman. He needs to grow and become a big key weapon for the Bruins defensively, the energy, everything in between. Mick Cronin is maybe in an uncomfortable role here, relying a lot upon the freshmen, relying a lot upon young guys, which is why there's so many, doesn't want to get them all caught up in being too tired, too caught up in the game plan, make sure this team is ready to go, but better case is going to have a lot of load to carry on the shoulders. As much as Mick Cronin wants to lighten that, he's excited to do that. And while Bona is getting a lot of praise, a lot of hype from Mick Cronin, and we obviously are very happy to have Bona back despite the injury to his shoulder, Bona, from what Cronin said, 100% back in practice, still limited and not doing any hitting, any contact in these drills. So the Bruins are making sure he stays healthy leading into the beginning of the regular season, which starts with the, the first month of November. The first game, exhibition-wise to the public, is available to see in on Halloween night if the Bruins are going to go watch your Bruins. Another thing is, wow, Berke's gotten a lot of love. Mick Cronin drew comparisons from Adai Mara to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, formerly Luau Sindor when he was a Bruin, and said how Mara can showcase the, the, the skyhook with both right and left hands, even displayed in practice, and how good he is offensively. Savino also said the same thing at a, co- at a coach's luncheon, right, where he is arguably maybe UCLA's best passer. We haven't even seen it. There hasn't been any stats to reflect that because he wasn't available to play on the Spain trip with someone of the contract situation. Getting into UCLA took a little bit longer for him and Baderke. So you wonder how this team is going to gel together. So some keys are, one, Andrews has got to step up. Bona has to become one of the best players in the nation. Those are Mick Cronin's words specifically, and we already knew that already. But Bona has got to make sure he can take a load and make sure he can bring the team together in the post. There's a lot of youth in the paint this year, power forward, center. It's up to Bona to carry that and become a big-time player. Andrews, run the offense. Then you've got a couple of freshmen, Mara and Berke, who can be spectacular. Williams, who might get more playing time than we thought. The competitive fire that McCronin always draws to with Sebastian Mack, who might get a lot more shots than we expect this season. He averaged 17 points per game throughout the Spain trip. I wonder how that goes into the regular season. One unique thing, though, that I thought that John asked Mick Cronin in this little interview there was about his team 
last time he had so much turnover and so much unknown coming to a program prior to his first year at UCLA, right? When was the last time he had so much turnover? And what McCronin actually said was, it was actually my last year in Cincinnati in 1819. And overall for Cincinnati, the Bru- if you're trying to compare and contrast between those years, the Cincinnati Bearcats that year, that year still made it to the tournament, won the AAC conference tournament, were fairly dominant in their season. And for the Bearcats, as I'm trying to pull up, pull up this record right now, the Bearcats, they're 28 and seven flat out destroyed UCLA that season by almost 30 points. 17 and 3 at home, 14 and 4 in conference, knocked off Houston in the title game of the conference championship, did make it to the tournament where they fell in the first round. Yet, Mick Cronin, in a year they were so uncertain, still made it to the tournament. 28 plus 28 wins in a season. And what's unique is if you draw some parallels from that team to this year's UCLA team of sorts, that Cincinnati team actually also went on a foreign trip. UCLA this year, McCronin wanted to go on a foreign trip specifically for this reason. We want, we need team bonding. You can get that extra practice coming into this season. So we the the need to trust Cronin to coach his defense, to keep that high level of standard of no turnovers, excellent defense despite the youth and the young the, the youngsters coming in. Mick Cronin has a lot of challenges, but he, as he said, you don't lower the standard defensively. You got to make sure you are the bridge. He mentioned this story, having coached prior as an assistant coach in Cincinnati, eventually go to Murray state back to Cincinnati, how he learned in his early coaching career, but Cronin, the coach is the bridge from the, the drills you do to the game. So there's a lot of challenges Cronin's going to have to face. It'll be a lot of long nights. As he said, long days before the players might actually get it. We might see UCLA suffer seven, eight, nine, ten 10 losses this year, but they could still rack up a big win total. It might be a slow start for the Bruins this year, and I'd be quite frankly shocked, even though I hope differently and I'll cheer differently and might expect things depending on how the season goes in those early games. They might not win two games in the tournament that has now been shifted from Maui to Honolulu in the Maui Jim Maui Invitational. They might go one and two, and they might go on three, needing those early season lessons, just like they took a season and go in Vegas and then took that and ran with it once everybody was healthy through the gauntlet of the Pac-12 through the rest of the regular season. We might see something similar, might see some peaks and valleys and everything in between, but initially it's going to come down to how much can Mick Cronin rely on the freshmen without overloading them with information, putting too much burden, having them carry too much of the burden, and can his returners, can the Bruins returners, Andrews, even Nuba coming in for a sixth year, even Abona, will McClendon get some time? Can those guys all bring some leadership, some moxie, and grow into their new roles that are very different for some from a season ago? If that slowly builds over the season, this will be a very successful UCLA team. But it is unique for me to see, one, Brandon Williams being thrown out there as someone as a versatile forward that they will use this season. That was interesting. Mara's comparison to Kareem with the sky hook with both hands that will potentially excite UCLA fans in Poly Pavilion this year. And then the biggest thing is, can this team be tough? They lost a lot of toughness from last year is what Mick Cronin said. He was specifically talking about the individual Sebastian Mack, how he's that competitive, fiery spirit. But can this team be mentally tough? We saw this team 
last year led by Hawkes, Tiger Campbell, Singleton. They were a very tough-minded bunch. You can go into defense, you can go to off, you can go to analytics, but then there's the idea of the feelings behind the numbers, the growth, the grit and tenacity of a team. Will this Bruins team, with so many moving parts, especially at the beginning, bring that tough Mick Cronin, Bearcat-like tenacity with the hustle bone and everything in between to this season? If they can, we should expect some fun late February, early March into April. If that does not happen this season, regardless of the talent, then UCLA and the Bruins and us as fans, we're going to be stuck here, stuck here in for a long season. I don't doubt it, but they have to develop that grit, tenacity, and toughness in their team-like mentality this season. Can they come together? They're talented individuals. Can the team come together? Those are big things to look forward to over the next coming weeks here with Locked On UCLA and everything in between. As we look forward, we're going to talk about to the UCLA-Washington State matchup. What does the offense need to do? What are some things they can do? We can talk about the offensive line, some Jake Dickert quotes from his press conference to start the week, and everything in between. Looking forward to UCLA-Washington State. What does the offense need to do? We'll talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Whether it's a last-minute ticket, whether it's anything, maybe you haven't gotten your UCLA Wazoo tickets yet, and you're looking to see if you want to go to a Dodger playoff game on the same day. Game time's got it all for you guys for the rest of the season, whether you're trying to go through the postseason, as a big Dodgers fan I am, going to go to some big UCLA games, arguably the biggest home game of the season for UCLA versus Washington State in terms of the talent, the, the brand, everything. Washington State is the biggest team the Bruins will face at home in the Rose Bowl this season. So you're going to go to game time and get those last-minute flash deals and also get the views from your seat. Are you sitting in the shade on a toasty Saturday in Pasadena? You're going to look at that on game time. Are you getting some good quality viewing and good prices when you're trying to go to a playoff game? You're going to get that on game time. It's the only ticketing app, game time, that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because you can buy your tickets in two taps and you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and more. You can take the guesswork out of buying with t- tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeemable code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Cruising on segment two, locked on UCLA. Zach Gettersyak, I'm with you guys. And the Bruins, they got a big matchup. It's their biggest game of the season so far. Of course, every game's the biggest game of the year, week to week. But coming off a loss to Utah, Chip Kelly and the Bruins are against the wall looking to find a way to be successful in this season 2023. And while we'll talk about more expectations at the end of this pod, to have a good season, to have a really good season, you got to get a win in one of these next two weeks, at least one. It's tough to have a home game sandwich between a bye and two very tough road games at Utah, at Oregon State, both ranked teams, very tough. And then, hey, by the way, Washington State beat Oregon State, who just beat Utah. And Washington State's having, they beat two ranked teams. We saw Colorado struggle with Colorado State earlier this year. Washington State beat the brakes off the Rams in week one on the road in Fort Collins. So this is a a Cougar team that is unique under Jake Dickert, who has found ways to win. And one of his quotes he talked about was, when coming off a bye, you get in a groove and that break takes away the urgency, that urgency is what he's talking about 
when asked about the potential and what you worry about coming off a bye as a head coach. And what I thought and thought deeper about it, well, UCLA didn't have that urgency. They Not that they didn't coming into the Utah game, but it almost comes at a perfect time. You saw some glaring mistakes, some glaring errors on the offensive line, some unique play calls, some drops, some overthrows on plays that needed to be made for UCLA to win that Utah game, which was absolutely winnable. It was a fantastic performance of both teams. It didn't light up the scoreboard. It was a unique game that was tough or exciting to watch, depending on the side or the brand of football you like to do. It needs UCLA's offense, the Bruins do, to be much better. Can they execute and do something different? Even Jake Dicker talked about when you're game planning for Chip Kelly, multiple schemes, multiple formations, different types of things week to week. So now that he has Chip Kelly, two weeks to plan for this Washington State game. I know they were out on the road recruiting, but you think of the mind, how to evolve the offense for a true freshman quarterback that isn't the, the true dual-threaded quarterback that DTR was. You wonder, how can UCLA, one, protect? It's Do they switch up guys on the offensive line? Do you do, as many have already talked about, roll out Dante Moore, get him on the run, easy, quick passes to start the game. What are these, oh, where does this miscommunication that happen? Was it the offensive line, missed routes that eventually maybe led to the one pick six that started the game and was the difference in the game between UCLA and Utah to start the game? It is up to, obviously, the offensive line, to get the job done. Washington State is not as dominant as other teams in the Pac-12 at forcing tackles for loss. They've done good things. They've had big games so far this season. They do have 19 tackles for loss, a few sacks. It's just not at the same high-level volume as some of the other teams that UCLA is going to have to face. This season, Washington State, 19 tackles for loss, eight sacks this season, and three interceptions this year. So while they haven't really turned it over this year, they're not truly forcing a lot of turnovers. So the big thing is it might be a little easier for UCLA in this game. One would hope to take care of the football. One of my keys for that Utah game was turnover free football in a rowdy environment on the road with a true freshman quarterback. First play from scrimmage, boom. Another costly turnover in the red zone, boom. Game was pretty much game set match over. Now can UCLA work on those things, give more time to process and go through those progressions, make those reads, whether it's a quick hitting route the outside. I'm not entirely sure how they do it, or is it just the offensive line is a wash this year. You've got to completely change up the game plan. That's why, as Jake Dickard said, he's worried about his team's momentum and groove coming out of the bye. Maybe not specifically his team, but the theoretical coming off the bye. How can Chip Kelly and the Bruins coming off the bye invent something, be innovative over the two weeks into something that's different. I have been proclaiming, bring out Colin Schley for a series, a few plays. I know some of you in the comments have talked about it jokingly, overall, the answer, whatever. Mix it up, do something different. Maybe you've even argued for Garbers to come in. I don't think that's the case. I do think Garbers is a talented quarterback that could be starting at other places in the country and could still certainly see some playing time in key moments this season. But we've seen Dante Moore make some throws that are absolutely spectacular, even in that Utah game, despite was a an under 50% completion percentage against the Utes in which the Bruins had no time for Moore to throw. So I think the biggest thing is, do you have to simplify the offense even more? Do you have to get receivers open? 
Heck, even Titus Mokia-Atamalala, who has not played this year, was spotted at practice. I think Bro Report caught a video of him at practice running around, and you wonder, will he be back? He's supposed to, in my mind, be a guy that could have had a breakout 2023 season. I know Cam Brown's had a big touchdown catch. J. Michael Sturdivant's already big time. We know Logan Loya's name already as a punt returner and a receiver. Can they get a key receiver back and help that add to the repertoire and the weaponry the Bruins can use in this game? And most importantly, keep the quarterback upright, avoid turnovers, and maybe simplify something. Do something different than what they've done. I know even Dickert says Kelly does something different. Maybe something different is not so much different. Maybe it's something similar to what he's done in the past that led to success as opposed to completely changing everything every single week. Will the offense look different? I hope they added some wrinkles. I hope that Carson Steele and TJ Harden can run the football a little bit better and they don't have to abandon it because they can't run the football. I do think they will be able to do so against Washington State. Will they be able to run it for 200 yards a game? We'll dive into that a little deeper throughout the week, but they will be able to run the ball, maybe not to the dominance as they had the first three games, but it won't be as stuck in, stuck in a rut as they were against Utah. So they can run the ball, take ease, take the pressure off of Moore, has some easy completions. The Bruins should be in what I expect to be somewhat of a, a miniature shootout this weekend against Washington State. I'm not sure that 35-32 is what I'm going to predict, but when you think at 35-32, that's half of the scoring that the Bruins and Cougars put up last time in 2019 when it was 67-63. A miniature shootout is probably the correct quote there for these two teams. Now we'll get to predictions later in the week, which is why you got to come back to Locked On UCLA. Coming up next, we'll talk about the expectations of the Bruins this season from this game against Wazoo and moving forward because are they never going to win a game this year? Are they going to win some? I know there's been a lot of emotions flying, a lot, two weeks worth of emotions based off the Utah game or close to two weeks worth. And then are they going to win a game? Are they even going to be bowl eligible? I think both are way way too much thought of. I think this Bruins team has a certain set and they can go higher or lower based off what happens. I'll tell you next. i locked on. Bird dogs make you look good. That That's all this ad has to be. They make you look good and then they feel good and they feel sculpted. They have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Heck, this week, you might be going to the football game and be like, hey, what do I want to wear? I want to wear shorts but then I'm sweaty, I'm stuck. I try to get off my little bleacher seat in the Rose Bowl, and it's like, I'm still stuck. And then it's just stuck to your skin. No, you want to wear the perfect, amazing shorts because bird dogs are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer so they feel good on the legs and the thigh, giving that sculpted look, making you feel good so you can wear the bird dogs, functional for any occasion, golf, date, evening out, pool, Anytime, perfect. Maybe you want to bust them out during this noon game against Washington State. Stay cool, feel good, don't stink, and you can go cheer the Bruins on to victory. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter the promo code LockedOnCollege at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take off, you won't, you will not, you won't want to take off your Bird Dogs off I promise you, you won't. I wear them when I go to the theme park all the time. Do it. Get some. Birddogs.com slash college. 
Third and final segment of Locked On UCLA today. The Bruins, hey, they've been in the news because McCrollin's been talking, Chip Kelly, everything, everywhere. It's almost time for the crossover season of football and basketball. I still, We still have a month until then, but now we're building expectations for one because we don't know what the UCLA basketball team is going to look like. I've been talking about it all summer. We know some idea of lineups that could happen, but we'll get to that on future episodes. And as we've talked about already, McCrollin's thrown out his various ideas and thoughts of his players on podcasts, interviews, press conferences, what we think they've done based off the Spain trip. Now that different players are here, there's expectations for UCLA men's hoops. But we're going to talk about UCLA football expectations because there seems to be a lot of emotional ties to what the Bruins can do the rest of this season. A lot of it is tied to this football game for the Bruins coming up against the Cougars, where UCLA is actually favored at home against a ranked opponent, and some are slighted. I was somewhat shocked that Washington State is not favored in this game heading into the matchup at the Rose Bowl, considering, hey, they had a bye two. It's not like they're coming off an emotional win at home and they get sucker punched with a quick road trip to SoCal, even though the Bruins haven't beaten the Cougars at home since 2011. UCLA gets this game against Washington State. Both teams rested pretty healthy. Washington State coming off their biggest, arguably the biggest win of the season. They've had quite a few. UCLA coming off their first setback. If UCLA can win this game against Washington State, that can reset expectations. And I don't want to put them too high and immediately put them in the Pac-12 championship conversation. If they beat Utah and held on, then they could have come back and done it. That would have been a nice steal of a victory in Salt Lake City where UCLA could have been marching to a 10-win season and deep end-of-season drama when it came to positioning for the top two spots in the Pac-12 in the conference title game. Now you've got to be nearly perfect, maybe maximum, and it is a maximum of one loss to get you in one more loss, one more mulligan to get you in the Pac-12 title game. In my mind, looking at the schedule beyond Washington State and Oregon State, I still see five games where UCLA is favored and possibly at worst eight and four. Now, it's tougher to do so when you have to face Colorado, who's going to probably light up the scoreboard with points. It might be better, and Travis Hunter, we'd expect, would be back for that game. At Arizona, will be no slouch. They were battling against Washington later in that contest. We saw UCLA struggle with the Wildcats last year, and even though they're having to figure out their quarterback situation, what, what is UCLA going to do there? And I know ASU presented unique challenges, and at Stanford, regardless of how the Cardinals have played this year, you don't want to look past an opponent. Still, I see five games left on this schedule for UCLA that are all winnable against non-ranked, unranked opponents. And the three unwinnable, not unwinnable, but the three games that are toss-ups, two on the road, one at home against ranked opponents, Washington State, Oregon State, and USC. If UCLA can hold serve, now that's a lot tougher, right? Are they going to survive a potential upset later in the season when they're going to face, as we've all circled it, there's Arizona, Arizona State back-to-back weeks. Which one of those games is going to be that fluke that the Bruins fans always expect, The always say, ah, down our luck UCLA football. we got to change that mentality. But we still think one of those games between Colorado through the Arizona schools will be tough for UCLA this season. I still think a realistic expectation for this season is 8-4. and four. It might not come in the way that we expect it with games they're favored or not. I'm not saying the Bruins can't be Washington State. I think they can. 
Will they is a different story. Can the defense come up to the play, come up to play big, make big plays against a Cougar offense that's doing big things? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it later throughout the week. I do think UCLA can be 8-4 and four and a smidge better. There can also be ways where the Bruins lose a couple of one-score games differently, but in the same wavelength as the Utah game, where they fall short a game they could have won, missed opportunities, a defense that was making plays, but some youth in some key spots, inexperience, and lack of continuity on the line. You've got a freshman quarterback, a new running back, or TJ Harden, who is stepping up into a role. Guys who are stepping into new roles at a new place. You know, the year one to year two guys. Can these year one guys this year grow throughout the rest of this season into a year two guy next season in the Big Ten and blossom? And in year three, where we expect we have a fun schedule with Dante Moore as a junior, then the Bruins can have a fantastic season in two years while they can still maintain success in 2023. I think expectations eight and four is not completely out of proportion. Maybe they get an upset and they beat when a team beat a team they don't expect to beat, even though they're favored against Washington state, it still should very much be an upset despite being favored. It's a top 15 team at home and UCLA is favored as an unranked opponent. That is not easy to do. It's not like it's the Rose Bowl they're cheering on. Is it the name brand value? That's a whole discussion you can have between the Big Ten headed Bruin, the he- the Big Ten Bruins, and the two pack or pack two Washington State Cougars. That's a whole debate for another day. I do think eight and four is a realistic expectation, but I one of these next two weeks, a win can kind of elevate expectations. It just sucks that the toughest games come in this portion of the schedule. A win this week, and the momentum shifts to a primetime matchup against Oregon State. And then if the Bruins win that game, you're thinking Pac-12 championship game again. Got to start one week at a time, but these are the two games that decide, all right, we're playing for bowl eligibility in an 8-9 win season, or are we still in the thick of the Pac-12 title race just to make it at for the first time in a decade? We'll find out more if they can beat the Cougars, if they can beat the Beavers. And while there's all this talk about the mediocrity of Chip Kelly, the 500 record. You win these games, you go two games over 500. Chip Kelly's beaten two ranked opponents in a row and an easy portion of the schedule. That's how quickly the narrative can shift just from one game to the next over this next couple of weeks in the month of October. I know October is known for postseason baseball, but right now it's going to define UCLA's season based off their performance. If the offense improves and the defense continues its outstanding play so far, then we know the Bruins just had a hiccup. If they don't, then they just weren't a well-constructed roster, or is it a coaching problem? All those things will be answered in the coming weeks in the final Pac-12 season for UCLA. Expectations, 8-4, and four, they can easily exceed those. They just got to prove it, starting with this weekend. Starting with this weekend. We'll talk more about it between Locked On UCLA and the Cougs. We'll give you some more keys, some more numbers, more basketball stuff, everything on Locked On UCLA. Become an everydayer, hit the subscribe button, and more. I'm Zach Anderson Yoxheimer signing off on Locked On UCLA, saying so long. Thanks for tuning in. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, A U C L A. UCLA, fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.